0: Good morning everybody. I'm Troy and I'm an addict. Good morning, Good morning. I uh this morning I was in my head on my way in so I didn't bother thinking about what I wanted to talk about today. I just let I let the I let the spirit move me. So I uh I thought I would take from some of the things we talked about today, some conversations I've had with individuals and you know, little things we talked about. And, and when I just went outside, I always like to say, before I do this, I like to put my head together. Um, you know, we, we try to stay out of our heads. Uh, and sometimes when I stay out of my head, nothing happens in there. It's just a a desolate, lonely place. Um, so I went ahead and I, I let my brain do what it does. And it put together a, a pretty great analogy. I hadn't even thought about until, until just now. Um, who uh, who's who's driven a riding lawnmower? Who's who's driven a fifty dollar riding lawnmower that they had to repair every time they used it? <laughs> who's driven a five thousand dollar John Deere? Who's driven a zero turn? Okay, all right. So you guys who drive those expensive, real nice ones, you're going to understand exactly what I mean right away. If you bend a blade and you decide to keep mowing, what will you do? You'll fuck up the mower. You'll fuck up your back. And you'll fuck up the ground. You will, this is what, this is what just struck me when I was out there. You will leave a trail of destruction behind you that you won't see until you make your turn. And then you'll turn around and be like, oh, man, look at all the stuff I fucked up. So if you replace the one blade that you bet with a universal blade that you bought off the shelf at Lowe's, will your mower run brand new again? All right, where's my zero turn, guys? Will your mower run right if you use a universal blade to replace the bent one? No. No. You need a specific blade, a specific weight, a specific arbor pattern, a specific bend, a specific dip depth, all of those specifics, all of those specifics Anyway, so if we if we replace the one blade with a universal blade, I'm gonna compare that to coming in and doing detox. You come in, you go through your three, four days of detox, you feel a little better, fresh oil change, out the door. Your mower's gonna run. It's gonna cut the grass, but it's not gonna do it right. It's gonna struggle. It's gonna run poorly. The outer blade, you know, most zero turns have three to five, sometimes as many as seven blades, one of those blades out of balance will actually throw back pressure into the motor, which will cause it to miss, which will eventually burn out a cylinder or fry rings. So the activity of doing a quick fix on that, it might get you through the one yard that you're doing. But if you don't put that mower up on a rack and you don't replace all those blades, with brand new ones that match, it's not ever, it's not going to run right. If you take the time to break it down, to clean the deck, to take the deck off, flip it over, power wash all the shit out of it, put brand new blades, which I did. That's why this came to me. I did it this weekend. Put brand new blades, brand new bolts and brand new belts on that deck. It's going to make the mower run better. And the trail of destruction that you were leaving behind every time you made a pass is going to stop. So in here, I'm asking you to take a little extra time and recognize that you're not just trying to straighten the one blade that's bent. You need to even it out with the rest of your life. This, this in here right now, we are straightening out, replacing and sharpening that damaged blade. But all the rest of the pieces, the pieces of your life, the things that we sometimes want to put in front of our recovery, those things are going to be directly affected by the work you put in to replace that one blade. If you go ahead and replace all the blades and get out there, you're not going to be, and and then I speak the truth here because it happened to me, when you're done mowing the yard you're mowing, you want to go mow another one. You're like, man, my shit's running so good. It did such a beautiful job. I want to go mow something else now. I'm going to go mow the neighbor's yard. Do you hear what just happened? I got better, and now I want to share it. When you find that point where you start to feel better, you start to look better, and that happens. Anybody feel like they've their, their looks have changed since they've been in here? You better raise your hand. <sighs> when your looks start to change... It makes your attitude change. When your attitude starts to change, you start to take better care of yourself, which makes your look start to change, which makes your attitude see what happened. It's just a vicious cycle, but it's a good kind. It's a good kind. We get better. And then we start sharing our experience, strength, and hope. Sometimes in early recovery, you might your experience, strength, and hope might only be a week's worth of news. It might only be a little bit. But like this gentleman over here said this morning when he said, I only have two days. Who got mad at the word only? Who got mad in here at the word only? That's because you're getting better. That's because you're getting better because you know how hard that struggle is. You know what day one is. One of the things that I say very often is the first day is the worst day. The first day is the worst day, not just in rehab, not just in detox, in everything. And let me explain why. Who met a girl at a bar? decided that she was the one, at least for tonight, and went home with her and got a piece of ass and you was clumsy as hell. And you fuddled your way through it and you hoped to God she didn't call you the next day because you were a little bit embarrassed about how poorly you handled yourself. It's an honest program. I appreciate your honesty. The second time you went out with her, you didn't struggle quite so hard. You didn't stumble quite so hard. You knew where the button was. The third time, y'all were hitting it before the car pulled in the driveway, y'all were going to work. The fourth time, y'all were like, all right, so this time we're going to try new shit. Now you're adventuresome. Now all of a sudden you're trying new things. Because the first time was uncomfortable, but you made it through it. The second time was a little easier and it actually was fun. The third time, you had a blast. The fourth time, you couldn't wait to do it again in a new way because the first time is the worst time. (sighs) Who's had a flat tire on their car? Who's had a real blowout on the highway? Pulled your car over, literally lost control, had to pull over, knew you had to change the tire. Let's think back to the very first time that happened, the first time you had to change the tire on the car. Did you do it with ease? Now, I'm not talking about the time your mom or your dad helped you or your older brother helped you. I'm talking about the first time you had to do it on your own. It was difficult, wasn't it? Couldn't even find a fucking jack. When you did find the jack, nobody told you where the security thing was to get the lock off the damn lug nut. And then you had to go drive around on your flat till somebody told you it's in the glove compartment, dumbass. Like There was little things that made it impossible for you to have a clean, easy time changing that tire. One, you had to find a jack. Two, you may not understand how the jack worked. You had to learn how to work the jack. Then you didn't have a four-way lug spinner. You only had that folding piece of shit in the back that had no leverage and a weird hubcap remover thing on the side of a car. Don't even have hubcaps on it. Like all of those things, you had to learn how that worked. Now let's, let's shoot, let's shoot forward 15 years, 10 years. You've owned this car for a while. In fact, you traded in, you got a new car. You've never opened the trunk on that new car ever. If you get a flat tire in that new car, are you going to be as good at changing the tire as you were in your old car? No, probably not. Are you going to be a little more educated on how to figure out where the jack is and how it works? hundred percent. You're going to know where, it, where to look. The first time you jacked it up before you had all the lugs loose and the wheels in the air and you started trying to break that lug nut loose and the tire spinning and you got no control and you realize, you know what, I got to drop this. I, I, I'm ahead of myself. But the fourth time, the fifth time that you had to change a tire, you didn't even think about it. You could do it in minutes, minutes. And you knew I need all these lug nuts broken before I jack the car up. You knew. When you put the tire back on to not go one, two, three, four, five, six. You knew to go one. Right right. You knew to do the star. You learned all that. So the next time you have to change a tire, are you worried about it? No. Not even a little bit. I know what to do. I know how to handle it. I know where the tools are. I know where the replacement parts are. I even know what to go by now because I've experienced this before and I lost a lug nut before. So Each time you have to do something, the next time it gets easier than it was the last time. Who's here for their very first visit to a rehab? This is as worse as it gets. This is as bad as it gets. Next time, you're going to know a little too much and you're going to make our jobs harder (laughs) because now you know. But toughen through. Detox, toughen through the healing of the first week out of coming off of a chemical or alcohol addiction is a lesson that not everybody in the world gets to learn. I'm grateful that I learned that lesson. I'm grateful that I know what it felt like because if it didn't, I wouldn't understand what some of you guys were saying to me and how passionate you are about things that your neighbor, another staff member might not find important. But I remember. The first time I ran out of cigarettes in a rehab, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do, and it was terrible. It was unbelievably painful for me to figure it out because I didn't want to ask anybody. I didn't want to ask somebody for cigarettes. I certainly didn't want to ask anybody to tell me how it worked because I'm smarter than all of them. But I learned as I went through each time I found a new hurdle that if I would just take my time, get over it no matter how painful that hurdle was the next time i have to face that hurdle it's going to be easier the next time i deal with it it's going to be a little easier to deal with the first time you had to figure out figure out a cigarette envelope and hand it to me in time was it was a struggle wasn't it was a struggle i need where's my card i don't have any cash my my money's in my room what do i write on the envelope do i give you my pen what all of those questions but now Somebody like that gentleman who's been here a minute, he just keeps the same envelope. (laughs) I just used it over and over again. Because he's learned that it's never going to be as hard as it was the first time. And the problems that he struggled through and rectified, he he now has in in a plan. And saving the envelope and using that same envelope over and over, you do it too. That's part of the plan now. So now you're good at it. I don't want you to be a pro in rehabs. I want you to be a pro in recovery. The first time you went to a meeting, it was hard to share. Who who, who had the, the, the anonymous silent first meeting? They didn't say shit, didn't talk to anybody, barely could bring up the muster to get somebody to sign your attendance card. In fact, you tried to ask another newcomer in the back of the room to do it for you because you didn't feel like talking to nobody. But then the next meeting... You opened your mouth for a minute and you shared a little bit of your story and didn't hurt nearly as bad as you thought it would. And then the next time you shared your story. And then the next time you stood up at the podium and you talked to everybody. And then the next time you turned into him and you animated yourself through it with inflection and you talked and you danced around the room while you did it because you got better at it because the first time was over. So when you wake up in the morning Every day, we have to look at the day for the first time. So make that individual moment the best you can because you've had to do that before. So when you wake up in the morning, you see yourself in the mirror, you wake up in the morning, you turn around, you look at the alarm clock. Don't get mad that the alarm clock went off. Don't get frustrated and smack the snooze button. You've done that before. Look around and be like, well, son of a bitch, I'm breathing today. Victory number one. Then get up and make your bed. Victory number two. Then get up, pass yourself in the mirror, tell yourself you're amazing, tell yourself you look good, tell yourself something positive about yourself. Victory number three. And then in the middle of that, you'll remember, hey, I didn't get high. None of this time. None of these moments did I get high. Victory number seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's never, ever, ever easy in early recovery to get up and be drug and alcohol free. It's not, and and I'm not going to lie to you and say it is, but I will tell you the truth that it gets easier every time. If you've got a girlfriend, a wife, or a spouse, or husband, whatever is your your thing that you've been with for years, sometimes it just takes a nod in the living room where she gets out of the shower and leans back. Gives you a little point, you know, that's it, I'm getting laid, here we go. And then you go do it and you put in the work and you do an amazing job and everybody leaves happy because you're used to it and you know what the right thing to do is. In here, you're getting through those hard first times. The first time you had to struggle through where you wanted a cigarette and you couldn't go do it on your own. The first time you had to understand that this isn't jail and I got to stop treating it that way. All of those things are hard but they get easier and easier and easier. Each time you say, I'm sorry to somebody and mean it, it gets easier. Each time you accept somebody's apology, when it's not in your DNA to do so, it gets easier. The most important thing I can tell you today is that everything you try to accomplish that ends in a success will get easier the next time you try it because you know what success feels like and you know what it looks like. And you also learn what failure feels like. Failure sucks, but it's part of growth. If I was successful at everything I ever tried to do, I never would have learned a goddamn thing. I had to fail to learn how to rectify the things I was doing wrong. I had to struggle to learn how much easier it would be to sit back, adjust my approach, and enjoy everything I did. I don't love everything I do every day. I don't love the fact that right now I have to, when I get out of here today, there's going to be an email to me about a funeral that I'm going to need to attend for a family member. I'm unhappy about that. It's not the first funeral I've had to attend. Shit, it's not the first funeral I've had to attend this year. So I know that no matter how painful that is, I'll be able to get through it. Yesterday I had to go do something, you know, not anything weird, but I had to, I had to go meet my wife at a, at a convention and the whole way (laughs) driving from my house to the convention, I played the tape in my head on how I was going to respond to the cop who pulled me over for speeding because I was speeding. So the whole way I'm like, all right, so i got to tell him I suffer from panic anxiety disorder, and he's going to talk to me about how bad I'm sweating, because I'm probably going to sweat as soon as I see the uniform. So I'm going to have to make sure I understand. You know, he understands I'm not caring or nothing. I'm just nervous I, I because I'm not what I normally do. This is what I normally do today. This is this time of day, I'm usually doing this, not doing this. I'm not driving, and I'm not out here. And, this is a, and I realized how fucking insane that was. I literally worked myself up into a panic over something that didn't happen. And I figured out how to end it without any reason. It never happened. Then I got there and I got out of the car. And as I was walking across the thing, I was like, I made it. I made it. And I remembered the first time is the worst time. And this is the first time I've had to make this trip. This is the first time I've had to do this. The first time I've had to go in somewhere that I didn't have a ticket for. There was all these details around when I got there. But I couldn't identify all of those things because I was so busy in my old thinking, thinking about what it was like to get there, you know, driving a car. I'm not, I'm not always used to, I got 19 years working on 20, but I'm still not always used to driving a car that's really registered. I'm still not used to driving a car that actually has insurance. I'm still not used to having a valid driver's license in my pocket. Those things had to come to me, but I've learned to deal with all of the things that led them to me So I remember that a lot of my PTSD around events is merely because the first time was the worst time. So every day I give you guys three action words that I consider the secret to happiness. If you want to be happy, and I think pretty much everybody in this room can honestly agree you've never seen me actually unhappy. You might have seen me a little frustrated, a little distant, a little preoccupied, but you've never seen me unhappy. Because I choose not to be. Because every single day I do three things. Every single day I'm grateful for everything that I've got and everything I don't have. Every time I talk to somebody, I listen and speak with kindness. No matter how much I don't want to. And there's times, I'll be dead honest with you guys, where I want to look at you and go, quit fucking whining. Like, But that's not going to help you. It won't help me either. It'll create animosity. So I'm kind when I talk to you. And then when I walk into a room that feels like it needs attention, I'm more than willing to be the one to do it. I'm more than willing to be the one to pump you guys up, to tell stupid jokes, to say inappropriacies that I know will be funny just because it's more important to me to do that than it is to follow all the rules. That's criminal thinking. And unfortunately I embrace some of my character defects. Um, so, today I'm going to ask you to be grateful for everything. Be kind when you speak to each other and be loved when you walk into a room, even though it doesn't feel like you're supposed to. Do it. Do it. It'll feel better. The first time's the worst time. And then I am crushing this shit. For everything that happens to me today, whether I love it, hate it, whether it's taken from me or given right back to me, I will be grateful for every interaction I have with another human being or living creature on this plane of existence. I will be kind. And when I walk in a room it smells like a trap house or a bando, diesel fuel and old socks, I will be love where there is none. Who's happy they're clean today? I am. Who's going to make it five more minutes? I am. Who's going to do some real work on their treatment today? I am. What are y'all doing here? This I'm sorry again. What are y'all doing here? And one last time for Five O across the street, what are y'all doing here? Crushin this shit. I'm Troy, I'm an addict. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs>